0: Welcome to this week's message from a new Church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Thank you, Mitch. You guys can have a seat. Welcome again. In Jesus' awesome name, especially visitors. Um, it's almost like Day clears out in the next two long weekends, but thank you so much for coming to church. Um, we have got a, a, a guy in our church this morning that is just so awesome. He's single-handedly going to bring revival to our church. No, he's not. That's a bit of pressure. Um, but Tevita, Tevita is here. He's uh, Pastor Ravalolo, our overseer from um, Renewed Church Fiji. It's his son. He's sitting over there. Give him a hand. He is so awesome. I think he's available too. So, 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 ladies, line. No, just kidding. Um, but no, he's here for a little while and he's just going to be such a huge blessing. So, thank you so much, Tavita, for coming along. Um, the Fijian family, it's growing in our church and you guys are amazing. You carry something so powerful that we all need. So, I just want to honor all of you today. Thank you so much for coming along. Um, visitors, people watching online, thank you for joining in. So, this morning, um, we're doing part two and a little. Mate, this is getting really wobbly. Um, we need a new one, uh, all about uh, decision-making, making wise decisions, and I'm not going to recap really at all last week, because what I've done this week it was really enough content for two messages, but I'm just uh, trying to squish it into one, so it might go like a couple of minutes longer than usual, but that's all right, because you guys love the preaching of the Word of God, so you don't mind if it goes on forever, so that's going to happen today. Um, but yeah, so there are some things that I really wanted to include. Like I wanted to talk about fasting, and I just haven't really got the time um, to, to go into that this morning. I may reference it a little bit. Um, praise God for Fight Club. hundred people are going to be committing to fasting once a day for, for two months. Oh, once a week? What did I say? Once a day. Fasting for every day for two months is just going to be amazing. No. Um, so yeah, just so, so please forgive me if there are some things about. Um, seeking God's will and, and, and getting um, confirmation of things that I just haven't been able to fit into this uh, little message this morning. So I've got a, a few points, um, but please, if you haven't, if you weren't here last year, if you haven't um, listened to the podcast or watched the videos, go online, Th- That this sort of c- comes off as a, it's a continuation of the same message. So I've got some incredible tools, and if we use all of these tools together that God has given us in our decision making, like there we can't help but make incredibly wise decisions. So first point, and our notes are on the Bible app for those that want to follow along. Number one, commit your way to God. Keys to wise decision making. Number one, which is above, and like this is where it starts, commit your way to God. Surrender your life, but not just your life. Commit your way as you are journeying through life every day. Commit your way to the Lord. And this comes from Psalm 37, verse five. It says, commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him and he will help you. I love that verse. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him and he will help you. Just a couple of, of incredible truths about this that m- maybe we don't understand or maybe we just need a bit of a reminder of. Number one, God is more eager to, for you to make the right decisions than you are. God is more passionate about you making the right decisions for your life than you are. And you would agree that all of us are pretty, we wanna make the right decisions, but God is even more passionate and he will help us. It's just the way and who he is as part of his character. And so I grew up and I really had a wrong viewpoint and toxic thinking about this. I really did believe that I didn't mean much to God and that there were other people that were far more special. And you know, um, in a a lab with a lab rat, you've got the scientist and they're looking down and they're looking at a a mouse going through a maze and they're sort of like partially interested, but not really at all. It's just like a lab rat. Um, I really did have that viewpoint of God that I didn't matter enough to him, that he wasn't really caring about my life at all. It was like God, a far off, a bit of a tyrant, and that is such wrong thinking. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. God has got good things that He's planned for you, and He wants to see those things that He's planned for you come to pass, come to fruition. So it absolutely makes sense that he's not like a tyrant or someone in a lab coat far away, just looking a little bit with a bit of interest. He is right there. He is passionate to be involved in every part of our decision-making because he wants us to make the best decision because he's got a plan for your life and he wants to see it succeed. The second thing, and I love this, it is harder, well, I personally, personally, personally believe it is harder to make the wrong decision than it is to make the right decision when we are surrendered to God. It is harder to step outside of the will of God than be in the will of God if your heart is surrendered to Him. And a, a biblical example, Acts 16, um, this is Paul's ministry journeys, um, verse 6. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia. That's where refrigeration was created. Phrygia, no, just kidding. Phrygia and Galatea, Galatia, because, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at the time. So here's Paul. He's an apostle. He's a ministry, missionary. He wants to go and, and preach the word in that place, a, of, a province of Asia, but for some reason, the Holy, I don't know how the Holy Spirit did it. So they were stepping, they were moving, they were, they were journeying and they had a th- thought, let's go and preach the gospel here. But the Holy Spirit shifted them as they were moving. Verse seven, then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there so instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. So here, these are apostles like, okay, well, we can't go here. We tried. We thought that maybe that was, what God was where God was leading us, but the Holy Spirit re us to here, and we tried to go over here like this is what we thought, but the Holy Spirit is now guiding here. It is harder to be out of the will of God than in the will of God if we are surrendered to God. God will direct our steps. He will show you, and sometimes very dramatically, if you're making steps outside of His will, if your heart is surrendered to Him. So, when I was about 20 years old, um, I was in a band that we thought we were going to be famous, and as a result, um, I was working at McDonald's part. It was sort of full time, but that was never the plan. I was thinking, "We're going to make it big. We're going to be awesome as a band," but that never eventuated. And I thought, "Well, okay." I'm I'm going to seek my fame and fortune in Auckland. So I was at McDonald's, and at that point in time, my heart was, I really wanted to do the right thing. I was passionate for God. My life was sort of with God. I just wanted it to do as well. And I sort of felt the call of God on my life as a 20-year-old. It's like, okay, but Auckland's where it's at because that's where the musician scene is. And um, I had an old friend who was, now he's one of New Zealand's um, best uh, and most skilled jazz players, actually, jazz guitarists. But he had a, like a flat sorted for me on um, Mission Bay, like a couple of minutes away from the waterfront. It was amazing. So I piled all my stuff into my, and I got another job um, at McDonald's, temporarily at Mission Bay. So it was gonna be awesome. Everything was set up. Went there, um, went into my room, unpacked my stuff, and then I was sort of driving around Auckland by myself. And honestly, I, I, I don't know theologically how this works. I know that the Holy Spirit never leaves us if, if we are sons and daughters of God, but I, was, I can... Take you probably to the place. I was driving around Auckland, some road, and it literally and physically felt like the Holy Spirit left and went back to And I know that's not what it did, but it absolutely felt like that. It was so dramatic in my life that I pulled the car over and I just started bawling my eyes out because I knew that God had made it so clear in my life that he did not want me to be in Auckland. He wanted me back in Whangaday. And it was so dramatic dramatic. Again, it is harder to step outside of the will of God than stay inside of the will of God if your heart is surrendered to Him because He wants the very best for you. So, I mean, it was an embarrassing phone call to my friend and I said, this is what's going to happen. So the next week I got all my stuff and went back to day and went back to McDonald's and went to the manager and said, hey, it hasn't worked out. And he, and he graciously gave my job back. At that point in time, I was getting friendly with Christy as well. Um, not too long after that, we became very close. And there's an, another few, it, like this isn't just an isolated occurrence, by the way, in my life of feeling like, oh, Oh, I've stepped out of the will of God, I need to get back into it. Um, soon after that, 21, got married in Bible college, um, the, the path for our life, we, we understood what it was. God is so good, he is so loving, he will show you. It is harder to step outside of the will of God than it is to be in the will of God if your heart is surrendered to him. Proverbs sixteen nine. we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Like the Lord can't determine your steps if you're not walking because you're not stepping. Like if you're sitting down and not moving, your steps can't be determined. But as we move, God is big enough to to redirect and to guide us and to show us the way. That's incredible encouragement, hopefully for all of us here. Number one, commit your way to God. Number two, invite God into your decisions. Like he is so happy with being included. Invite God into all your decisions. So Joshua 9 is where we're gonna um, look at uh, verse 14, but just a bit of a background to this. God had told the Israelites to wipe out all the evil nations inhabiting Canaan. So Joshua, they had gone into the promised land. The Gibeonites were one of these tribes and they were absolutely freaking out and terrified because of the Israelites, because they had the favor of God on their life and they knew that they were, were gonna die. So they pretended that they were from a far, far away land and that they had come to to honor the Israelites and to bless them and to make a treaty with them because they weren't a part of, or they were deceiving the Israelites to say that they weren't a part of Canaan, but they were from far away. So let's pick up um, the story, verse 14. So they actually showed Joshua and the people, look at our food, it's stale now because we've come from miles and miles and miles, hundreds of miles away. Look at our our sandals, they're all worn out. Um, So this proves it. So the Israelites examined their food But they did not consult the Lord. They did not invite God into that situation, into that decision. Then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety and the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath. Three days after making the treaty, they learned that these people actually lived nearby. The Israelites set out at once to investigate and reach their towns in three days. The names of those towns those are the names of the towns, verse 18. But the Israelites did not attack the towns for the Israelite leaders had made a vow to them in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. The people of Israel grumbled against their leaders because of the treaty. As, as leaders, we are responsible to seek the Lord. And to, well, all of us are, but this is it's a responsibility as leaders. Uh, the people of Israel grumbled against the leaders because of the treaty, but the leaders replied, since we have sworn an oath in the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel, we cannot touch them. This is what we must do. We must let them live for divine anger would come upon us if we broke our oath. The Israelites made treaties with these people who were so steeped in idolatry and immorality and in the end, it, caused, it was a part of their backsliding, it was never a part of what God wanted if only Joshua and the leaders had asked God for that situation. But they just presumed, they look at the circumstances. Like everything can look all right, but it can actually be all wrong, And I know some people are very strong on circumstances, but circumstances can be extremely tricky things when it comes to the will of God. For example, Jonah hears the word of the Lord, go and preach the gospel to Nineveh. He's like, I don't want to do that, God, so I'm just going to go to the seaport over here. Oh, look, there's a ship and it's going to Tarshish. And God, I'm sure if this wasn't your will for me to go in the opposite direction, you wouldn't have made the ship be here, but the circumstance, it must be your will. I knew I was, I was imagining things when you told me to go to Nineveh. So I mean, this is your providence. Here's a ship going to Tarshish. This is amazing. They can be very tricky things. And, and fleeces, I'm not sure if this is a thing nowadays. You don't hear much about it, but a few years ago, it was big when you're, you're asking for the direction of the Lord. You throw up a fleece like... Um, who was it? Gideon did. He's like, God, if this is your will, then, then do this. Or if this is not your will, then, then do that. And really, that isn't a, an example in Scripture of faith. It's an example in Scripture of Gideon's fear and his doubt and his unbelief and his mistrust of God. So how far do you take that, that fleece idea? Lord, I really wanna get married. And if, if Sally like says hello to me in church today, that's it. She's gonna marry me, and I just know because she like, there's like, five people in your youth group and Sally happens to be one of them. It's like, so obviously that's gonna happen. We've just gotta be very, very careful about circumstances. And again, it looks all right, but we've gotta be so careful to consult and to invite the Lord. Another example out of Joshua's life. So they just overthrow um, Jericho and that's the first city that they overthrow. God's power is amazing. And so they understand the power and the victory of God. Then they come to the next city, which is called Ai. Let's pick up the story, Joshua 7, verse 2. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near beth Aven. When they returned, they told Joshua, There's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack Ai, since there are so few of them. Don't make all of our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. They didn't invite the, the wisdom of God. And, and God's such a communicative God, and we can see this right throughout the life of Joshua. If only he had asked, but they presumed, they look at the circumstances, and it looked all right, but it was totally wrong. Verse six, Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay. They threw dust on their heads and bowed down before Down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. Then Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you're going to let the Ammonites kill us if only we had been content to stay on the other side? Sound familiar? Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then what will happen to the honor of your great name? So here's Joshua and he's lamenting and he's just crying out for, for, uh, for, to God for his mercy and his direction. This is what the Lord says, and I love this. Get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? <laughs> I love that. Sometimes God is a lion. He's not just a lamb get up, why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their belongings. If only Joshua had invited God into that decision instead of just presuming something, that would not have happened. And then he starts to blame God for the predicament that in. how many of us blame God for the predicament we have placed ourselves in simply because we did not include him in our decision-making. We make a decision, we think it's right, we haven't included God, or if we are hearing the still small voice of God, we sort of push that out of because we wanna do something, and then everything turns to custard, and then we start blaming God for allowing us to be in the situation. Uh, And then I feel like um, in the cases where I've been there, God's saying, Simon, what are you doing? Get up off your face, stop moaning. A real short testimony, I used to, there was a time in my life I loved old cars, and there was a Mark IV Zephyr 1972 that I fell in love with on the side of the road. We were at Bible college, we couldn't afford it. It was a bit of a beaten up car, I had a lot of money I needed to spend on it. It was the time before the internet, so parts were difficult, and I really wanted that car. And, and I had people that were wise counselors say, Simon, don't buy that car, but I just wanted it. It's like, nah, like God wants to bless. Like that car, like God gave me the desire of my heart but man, it, it was caused us so much strife and hassle and I sold it for way cheaper than I bought it and it was like, yay, the burden has lifted. <laughs> Invite God into your decisions. Trust Him with your life. He wants the very best for us. Number three, seek wise counsel. Proverbs eleven four. without wise leadership, a nation falls, there is safety in having many advisors. Proverbs 12:15. Fools think their own way is right but the wise listen to others, Proverbs 15, Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success, Proverbs nineteen twenty. Get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. Another Old Testament story. I've got a, a few stories and verses in Bible this morning. The Bible is living and active, and that's awesome. That can change your heart if, it's, if we're open to it. So the story here in 1 Kings 12, just after Solomon, they he puts in his son Rehoboam as the king of Israel. You ever, ever thought, you know, Israel? And, but all of a sudden there's like, there's Israel and there's Judea and, and how did that happen? This is how it happened. So Rehoboam's made king and everyone comes to Rehoboam and pleads for mercy and says, this is how we want you to lead us and rule over us and, and asks a whole lot of questions. And we jump into the story, verse four of 1 Kings 12. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, give me three days to think it over, then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had consulted his father Solomon. What is your advice, he asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, If you are willing to be a servant of these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. What is your advice? He asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, This is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision. It's it's a bit confusing, Jeroboam and Rehobam, but remember Rehoboam is the he's the one that's doing something dodgy here. Just as the king ordered, but Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. Um, anarchy ensued. Uh, Rehoboam sent someone to try and sort it out, and he was stoned. Uh, the, the kingdom of Israel split at that time and eventually turned into civil war because of this. Thing a, a young man who probably had a lot of vision and passion but refused to hear the wisdom of the older counselors. And there is a massive, massive lesson to be learned here. Like I am 50 years old this year. Like I still consider myself a young man. Um but that the, the, the salty dogs that I have around me, like the those those wizened men of God that that are battle-hardened and uh, love me enough to say, Simon, that's a great idea, but it's actually also a stupid idea. And I think you should actually do this. Uh, You guys know who you are. I I love you and I value you so much. You keep me honestly on the straight and narrow. But what we do is, it's just a part of our culture. We seem to, to, to not have as much respect and honor that we should have or give to the older generations. Like a young person, yeah, they may be called by God and have all the passion and, and like, hope I am, and I, I have but I haven't got the experience of someone in their 60s and in their 70s. I just haven't got that life experience. We need the younger and we need the older when the, the, the vision and the wisdom and the passion and the youthful exuberance comes together and is united with the experience and the ups and downs and knowing the faith of God and journeying through God through some very tough times, that makes a powerful force to be reckoned with. It's the counsel of the young and old together. So you need to have people in your life that are older than you by a decade or two. And you need to come to them and not tell them what you're doing, but come to them humbly and ask them, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Please speak into my life. Got that? Number four, gain wisdom. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. So here's Solomon, he wrote this, wisest man on the, in the world, probably ever. And he says, gain wisdom. But we, I think we confuse wisdom and knowledge. So knowledge is the confident understanding of a subject, but wisdom is the ability to make correct judgments and decisions. Like knowledge and wisdom are two different things. We can know a whole lot of stuff, but still make incredibly dumb decisions. So knowledge is great to a point, but wisdom is actually different and wisdom is what the Bible says to gain. Yes, we need to learn and have knowledge, but at the end of the day, knowledge without the Holy Spirit and true wisdom and love just will will puff up. But the love of God will build us up. Wisdom will show us what God wants for our lives. So how do we gain this wisdom? The Bible is very clear, just ask for it. It's like so simple, James 1, five to eight. If you need wisdom, Ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask Him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. Other Bible translations will probably know it's like double-minded. But that word double-minded, and I can't pronounce it in the Greek, it, it simply means divided or separate, literally a person with two minds or souls. So we need to ask God for wisdom, but we need to have our heart And soul, sold out to God. Not one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. It doesn't work. We are going to be double-minded if we do that or have divided loyalty. Again, it comes back to committing our way to the Lord and inviting God into every part of our decision-making. So gain wisdom. Very, very important. Number five, study the map. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Man, there's a lot of advice of the wicked around there nowadays. Or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. The law of the Lord was the only Bible that the people in the Old Testament had, um, and even in the New Testament before, the, uh, before the, the scriptures were written and dispersed, they delight in the law of the Lord, like the word of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. If we do that, there is a promise in here that is absolutely amazing. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. The map is the word of God. And I'm just so proud of people that are doing the shred, like getting through the Bible in a couple of months. Hands up if you're doing that. I know Christy is, Mitch is. Um, Sorry? One month, that's even more intense and fanatical. Getting through the Bible in one month. You guys are amazing. Um, And and putting, like devoting a couple of hours a day to reading the Bible at the start of the year. Study the map. Psalm 119, we're gonna read the whole, no, we're not gonna read the whole thing. (laughs) Just gonna read some selected verses this morning. Your laws please me. They give me wise advice. 26, I told you my plans and you answered. Now teach me your decrees. 35, make me walk along the path of your commands, commands for that is where my happiness is found. Um, verse 45, I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commands. Like following God's ways, is linked to freedom. I pondered, verse 59, the direction of my life and I turned to follow your laws. 98, your commands make me wiser than my enemies for they are my constant guide. 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. 130, the teaching of your word gives light so even the simple can understand. If you wanna learn God's heart and his will and his way and his purpose and what you need to do, get into the word of God. It's so important that we do that. Like I, I was given an incredible, awesome Bible for Christmas because unfortunately I left my other one in Fiji, another story, I grieved for that for weeks. I've got another cool one now. And, and just a real Bible in your hands and not just an app or like, I, we do that too. And it's, it's there and it's convenient and it's fine. But just ha- like sitting down and, and just having a proper Bible, it's so awesome to do that. Um, but one thing with all of this, regardless of how you read the word, God's will will not contradict his word. God's will will not contradict his word. Oh, but I I, I love this guy, and, and my marriage has fallen apart, and and I'm pretty sure that who I married was was not God's will, and this guy obviously he's my this is his will. So I I think that this is God's will, and he's throwing all these fleeces. He said hello to me this morning. That's that's a, like God's will. Will not contradict His word, and His word is very clear on almost every subject. Are we doing good? Commit your way to God, invite God into your decisions, seek wise counsel, gain wisdom, study the map. I know I've got a lot of points. Like I said, I've just got to squish it into just one message this morning. And lastly, stay close to the guide. I've talked about the map, and that's amazing, and talked about gaining wisdom, and that's incredible. But we've got to realize something. Like Solomon, he wrote... Proverbs, which is all about gaining wisdom and making the right decision, and Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs. Like he was, I don't know what his IQ would have been, it would have been through the roof. Wisdom alone is not enough. Because if just wisdom was, then Solomon wouldn't have backslidden, he wouldn't have deconstructed, he wouldn't have ended really badly. If wisdom was all that we needed, then he would have been amazing. But we could see, even though he was the most intelligent, the wise person, Everything fell to pieces. So just having wisdom alone is not important. Knowing the law of the Lord is not just, like it is so important, but there is something else that we need to understand. Stay close to the guide. Stay close to God. Like I said last week, we we don't need any intermediaries between us and God. He is so passionate to come into our life and he will talk to us. He's ready to speak to us. If only we would spend that time and take the time out of our busy schedules to listen and to ask what, what he wants us to do. I love this story. Elizabeth Elliot tells of two adventurers who stopped by to see her, all loaded with equipment for the rainforest east of the Andes. They sought no advice, Just a few phrases to converse with the Indians. She wrote, Sometimes we come to God as the two adventurers came to me, confident and we think well informed and well equipped. But has it occurred to us that something is missing? We think we know what we need a yes or no answer to a simple question, or perhaps a road sign, something quick and easy to point the way. What we really ought to have is the guide himself. Maps, road signs, a few useful phrases are things, but infinitely better is someone who has been there before and knows the way. God is in this incredible invitation to, to get as close to him as we can. Jesus said, come, follow me. Like he's inviting us into this incredible relationship with him. And Psalm 48 verse 14 says, for this God is our God, forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. There's a whole lot of stuff like I haven't been able to fit in. I just want to really quickly uh, talk about prophecy. Um, The amount of times um, Christy and I have received a prophecy that was was well-meaning, but like just not Not good or not right, like we would have made some bad decisions. And and the Bible says, Do not like honor prophecy, and it is so we we need to do that. But in my experience, whenever someone's given us a prophecy, it's like, Well, I don't understand that, I'm just going to put it on the shelf, or Well, God, thank you so much. That confirms already what we've been feeling in our hearts. Uh, So, prophecy is important. but I've known some people that have said some unwise prophecies to people, and then those people have made some dumb decisions based on a word, and actually probably wasn't a word of the Lord. So we've just gotta be so careful. And my heart, prophecy is so important, but it's for confirmation, and probably like to to alert you of what's going on in the future, but don't make a decision based on some random prophecy that you've heard once, and it sort of doesn't fit in, but you think you have to, or you're gonna be disobeying the, the word of the Lord. Put that on the shelf. Get some wise counsel around that. Ask people that have been experienced saying, this is what someone said, what do you think? And mostly every time uh, in in our lives, especially, it's like, oh, that's so awesome. That confirms already what you've been showing us. Is that cool? You understand that? Hopefully like just a minute, probably needed to explain that more, but you guys get the understanding. So in conclusion, and if if Mitch can jump up on the the keyboard, it would be awesome. Commit your way to God, which is surrender. Invite God into your decisions. Seek wise counsel, gain wisdom, study the map, get close to the guide. God has given us incredible tools. Like making decisions is hard, but if we're surrendered to the Lord, we've got these incredible tools and there are like six plus of them. And if we follow these, like we are set up to make the very best decisions We can, God is our guide. He delights in involving, uh, when we involve Him into our decision-making. So so commit your way every day. Invite God into your decisions. It might look great, but just invite Him to ask you, uh, invite Him to to show you and ask Him what you need to do. Seek wise counsel, gain wisdom, study the map, get close to the guide. And um, finally, I wanna talk about Indiana Jones, my hero. And um, there's five movies now. The first three are absolutely canon, in my opinion. The fourth one, maybe. The fifth one doesn't even exist. Like, Indiana Jones does not go out a jaded, cynical, alcoholic. He, that's not the way he goes out, in my mind. Like, he's always, always gonna be my hero. Anyway, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, it's, it's about finding the Holy Grail. And it's a fantastical story, but at the end, um, there's this knight that's been alive forever protecting the Holy Grail and the villain wants to live forever, and in the movie, in the story, the way you live forever is, is to drink from the proper Holy Grail, and there's a whole lot of different ones to choose from, uh, but there's a whole another plot twist and you don't actually live forever. But so the villain thinks, okay, this is it, like this is, this is what it is, and he just is greedy and that's what it is. So he drinks and he dies a horrible death because it's not the proper Holy Grail. And then the, the, the knight turns to Indiana Jones and says, he chose poorly. Um, and he, he died horribly. And then it comes to Indiana Jones' time, and, and his life depends upon it, and he thinks, okay, I've learned all of this uh, about the Holy Grail, and my dad told me this about the Holy Grail, and, and my understanding is this. Uh, so his experience and, and talking to his dad and having that relationship, um, he chooses the right one, and, and he doesn't die. And, and the, it's, it's just a movie. It's really silly, but at the end of the day, the way we get eternal life, the way we have life and purpose and hope, the way we get whole, the way we get forgiven, the way our addictions leave us, the way we find true prosperity in life and joy. We know the way, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He is, and there are a whole lot of decisions and a whole lot of choices to make in life. But at the end of the age, we will stand before God and the one thing I pray that none of us hear is you chose poorly. You made the wrong decision. You didn't choose me. And the amazing thing is that God is so passionate. He shows us, he draws us to himself. And for, for hopefully all of us, um, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You chose right. You chose my son. You chose life. Remember last year I talked about last week I talked about Moses and said, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Oh, that you would choose life. That was at the end of Moses' life, at the end of Joshua's life, which is the next generation. He says a similar thing. He says, This is the decisions you can go and you can get into involved in, in idolatry and you can follow the ways of the people of the land. But as for me and my house, I will follow the Lord. I will serve the Lord. He made his decision. Like I said last week. When we face God that day, that's not the time we're gonna be able to make a decision. We make a decision here and we make a decision now. Please don't don't choose poorly. Choose the right way. So that's what I wanna challenge us with today. If you're listening to this, if you're here, if you're far away from God, if you've never given your life to God, please choose wisely. Choose Jesus. And secondly, for those of us as believers, and, and we struggle with life and decisions, some decisions are incredibly hard to make. Sometimes making the right decision is going to mean that you, you know, someone doesn't understand or someone, you know, break. It's, it's, it's really tough sometimes to make the right decision. Psalm 3723 to 24. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. I love that. It's like we try our best. Sometimes we stumble and sometimes we trip, but we've got God and he's holding us and he's promised for us to never fall over. If you just wanna stand up, it would be amazing. If there's anyone here, if we can just close our eyes and you've never given your life to Jesus, you would like to talk with someone about that. Um, or returning to Jesus, if you just want to raise your hand while we've got our eyes closed, it would be amazing. We'd love to be able to chat with you this morning. Is there anyone here that you want to know more about Jesus, you've never given your life to Him, or you're far away from Him and you know that today's the day you want to make the right decision? Secondly, if you know that the, the, the year ahead's gonna, gonna mean some big decisions or you're in the middle of wanting to know that, God, I, know, I need to know what you have in store for me. I need to, to make the right decision. Um, I would love to pray with you and release God's blessing and um, his purpose over your life. So if you struggle with this decision-making thing, you wanna start the year on the right foot saying, God, I wanna involve you. I wanna commit my life afresh to you. If in anything in this message that you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, Whether it's, God, I want to commit my every day to you. I've given my life to you, but I want to commit every day. Or, God, I want to invite you into every area of my life. Or, Lord, I need wise counsel around me. I need some wisdom. I want to get into your word more. If that's you, as we've got our eyes closed, just raise your hand to the Lord, please. Thank you so much. Anyone else? Father, I want to thank you that we are not lab mice or lab rats, that you just look up, down upon and are interested or amused, but you don't get involved. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you came into this world. You became one of us, Lord, to give us hope and give us a way for true everlasting life. And Lord, there are some big decisions in our life. Sometimes they are big and life-changing. Sometimes they're small, but they're not really insignificant. Father, I wanna thank you that you've given us incredible tools. And this morning for us all, but especially those that raise their hands, God, myself included, Lord, we commit our life and we commit our way to you afresh this morning. Every day, Lord, we wanna walk in your will. Lord, we wanna invite you into every decision in our life. Lord, we ask for wisdom, but we understand we need to be sold out for you first, Father. We ask for wisdom. God, give us wise counsel around us that we won't tell them what to do. We will ask them what to do and invite them to speak a word of wisdom and hope and life into our lives. Lord, that we would get close to you. Um, Maps and, and knowing a little bit of stuff is great, but Lord, we've got this incredible privilege and it's the greatest privilege in the whole of the universe of getting saved, but also, Lord, became able to To go boldly into your throne room, God, and to ask for help in every time of need, that you are so interested in every single detail of our lives. And Lord, I pray that we won't be so bound in fear that we just stay put and we never make a decision. Lord, I pray right now for the absolute peace that will come upon us, knowing that. As we are walking, and even if we're going in a little bit of a wrong decision, if we are surrendered to you, Lord, you are more than able to adjust our life so we can walk right in the center of your will for our lives. And I pray that and declare that over Renew Church this year and over every person that's involved in Renew Church, every person that's listening to this or watching this, that we will walk right in the center of your will for 2024. In Jesus' awesome name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.